And I feel like that's what we've been as a society, as, as a culture in America for the past 200 years, 300 years. It's like, are we going to get past that and start working together, co-laboring together, honoring God and, and just helping our brothers and sisters in, in Christ? And just, you know, that that's what he wants. Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Welcome to Faith family, friends, where two families and four friends of one faith join together in unity to share in conversation about all they've experienced in hopes to change a generation through the love of Jesus. Today, the Burnside and Wingate families discuss culture and how it shaped and influenced their lives. Yeah, so... Lindsay, I heard you say something. I was setting lights up in here, but you said something about what you wanted to discuss tonight. Oh, I was, um, well, we had talked about it before a little bit, just, it, well, you had mentioned it about the culture and everything. And, um, you know, oh. culture is really big to me as far as with Meet and Mentor growing that the Lord spoke about, you know, developing a culture within uh, the, the workplace um, and a, like a learning environment and things. But then, you know, talking about culture in essence, like what it actually is, what people think of when you hear that word and then culture as family, you know, like how we develop it in our family and on marriage. So that's what I, I've just really been having on my heart lately, even with a dream I had last night, I've been hearing about a lot about multicultural and um, as far as like going into like, unity again like within right. culture so right because culture can apply to several aspects there's different levels to it there's culture within a home there's culture within a family there's culture within a region there's culture within a people um there's culture within your church there's so many levels to that that's why i was asking when you said culture i was like specifically where we were to target but i think if we focus on our name family friends, faith, you know, the other way around, faith, faith, family, friends, um, that we can actually take, tear it down like that if you wanted to. And then also too, uh, the Lord just gave me something and I just lost it. Oh my goodness. I was talking. And Holy it, Spirit, bring it back. Whoa. Um, uh, it'll come back to me. I know it will. Cause it's, it was on that topic. It was on culture. So, so what, when you guys think of the word culture or what, like, what do you think of? And when you're saying culture, are you saying culture like you like what jason was saying what is it in the family is it in the faith like, like what you when wanna... do you, but what do you think of immediately when you think of culture like it can mean different things but what is the one thing that when you think of it i mean i know for me when i when i hear the word culture i think about the way that i was raised up the environment i was raised up in and the similarities that i have with other african-american households you know, when I think of culture, it's like the similarities between like me and Tim, we probably have a lot of similarities in the way that we were raised in and way that we grew up because of the culture. Like somehow, I don't know how it happened, but somehow, you know, black households in Maryland, you know, can have the same, well, can have the same, uh, can have a lot of similarities as a, a black household in Florida, whereas maybe in a in a non-black household, not so much. Mm -hmm. Right. When I hear the word culture, I think about you know just the African American community as a whole, like, like ethnicity, like yeah. just or, or, or race. Okay. 
for me, it's like as soon as I hear culture, then it's like it's splattered, like you know what I mean? Like I just immediately I think of the way I grew up. I think of being a, a someone from South Florida. I think of just being a, a, a black person. You know, it's like it's like a, a, an array of things come to my mind when I hear the word culture. So when I if somebody was to ask me how how would you define culture, then that's kind of how I would define it. I probably would throw back that question and say, you know, well, what do you mean? Like, right. because you know, I'm from down south. You know, Florida. We we got a we got a different way that we how we view culture. Like Aries came from a pr- predominantly black neighborhood, whereas and I come from. Yes, it's it's a black neighborhood, but it's a black neighborhood with Haitians, Jamaicans, right. uh, mm. you know, uh, just regular, you know, regular African Americans. So it's it's so it, to me, it's diverse within that, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, I grew up eating Jamaican food, I grew up eating Haitian food, I grew up eating all these different different things because that's that's the the, you know, that's the environment I lived in. Those are my friends. My friends are Haitians and Jamaicans and African-Americans and white, you know, so I have a lot of friends from all different backgrounds. Whereas in, you know, with someone from up north, they come down and like, man, this is, what? what is this? Is it, is it the islands? Is it, you know, what? what is it here? You know, and that was a big culture shock for her. Yeah, I mean, it's right. like a whole, like, different world down here <laughs> wow mm-hmm. so and even though you still down here like if you i didn't even understand what people were saying you know because either that accent was so thick or you know it was a big uh hispanic community and you know i had to really adjust to all of that it just it was just it, it just felt like i stepped into a, a a different world like he said it was definitely more diverse than where i where i grew up at so, so you're saying, so at the beginning, I heard you say too that because you are both, you know, African-American, is that what you would define like yourself as too? Like you, where did you, you yeah, didn't come from, right? Yeah, not, not Jamaican or anything, right? So, but so you said that there were similarities, um, but then now like also too, that there's also differences, even though you're both mm-hmm. of color. So, so what, what are some of those um similarities and differences maybe in how they affected your marriage even oh that's a cool question you know i think the biggest thing and this this is probably like this is something that's big in the african-american community and it's unfortunate but the color difference skin color difference like that's Mm -hmm. still that's still prevalent in in our community like people feel you know you're your dark skin or your light skin, it's like neither one is the right color to somebody else. And that's that's always been a struggle, you know. I'm sure Tim probably got picked on for being dark skin and I got picked on for being light skin. You know, he called me the milkman's baby and everything. Oh wow. Say so, I must be adopted or, you know, what what where are you where are you from, you know, oh. you can't be fully black you got to be mixed with something it's just right oh wow never truly feel accepted for what you are you know in your own community sometimes so i would um, say even within your own community you're still facing it too i mean even outside your community 
you know, it is what it is. But then even within your own people where you should feel the most secure, there's still something there too. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, that I, I can, I can definitely speak to, you know, within our marriage, you know, it was, it's definitely like, Oh, you know, Tim found a, a girl who got good hair and light skin, you know, mm-hmm. and that, mm. that was something to be kind of like, Oh, he, he found him with somebody who fine. You know what I mean? That, that was considered fine or good looking instead of, you know, what if I would have married a dark skinned woman? It probably mm. would have looked, you know, I don't know if I would have got the same type of feedback, you know, from my, from my, from our community. Um, mm. Even with my children, you know, my children, like, they have different grades of hair. So Tim has more of my grade and and then it goes down to where David has all of her grade of hair. Mm-hmm. And then Isaiah's in the middle. And so now it's like, you know, David gets all the praise about his hair, you know, cause he's like a dark, you know, uh, dark skin and complexion, you know, he's a darker skin complexion and he has that good hair. They call it good hair. Good hair, you know. (laughs) And so, it's it's something that you know he's probably gonna grow 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 up in and and hear that a lot. But then we have to. They'll say, well, you know, the other two they 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 have pretty good too. But but they've got a good hair, you know. You wonder how it affects the older ones as they grow up and they hear you know their younger brother getting praises about his hair. Something he can't even control. Yeah, right. <laughs> and nobody's saying anything about their hair. Or you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh, you well, you got hair like your daddy. You don't, you don't have. <laughs> what, what does that do to a child that's right nine years old? You know. Right. So it's up to me as a father. You know, what I mean, I I come from you know, I mean, where I don't have the quote unquote good hair. So I can speak to that and build you know confidence in my child. Right. You know, who may feel you know like he he doesn't quite fit or, or he doesn't feel good about it he can right. now say well i feel good to be my dad's child so right. i want to be just like my dad so why not have the hair like my dad you know so those those type of things um is kind of what we see but shades of color in in the in the um the black community in in, in our culture is you know, a big thing. You even have it where they say, you know, light skinned women have an attitude. That's a that's that's in our culture. It's like if you're light skinned, you're more likely to have an attitude or you're kind of hard to deal with because mm-hmm. you just um you 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 just light skinned, you know, and so a dark skinned woman, a dark skinned woman would um probably be more easy to deal deal with than a light skinned woman. Uh, woman interesting yeah because mm-hmm. that's that's just how it's it's, it's 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 just been brought up from who knows how long this has been coming up in our community but and then some light-skinned women will take on that attitude take that's on that attitude, you know that's, and they start they start to be difficult <laughs> you know just because i remember growing up i never wanted to um i never wanted to marry a light-skinned woman that would that's, that was just it. Like, I'm gonna marry, if I was going to marry, I didn't have a, a, a specific race that I was going to marry, but I knew that if I was going to marry within my uh, race, then I didn't want a light-skinned woman. See, God knew what to give you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, too, but to piggyback, I think you said it right, because, I mean, this applies to 
any sort of label you, put, you place on a person, if they hear it from a young age, they'll start to identify with it and mold into it. So the more you speak something over somebody, no matter what it is, right? right? And it's all of a sudden like, oh, I have a green light to have an attitude because I have light skin. Well, guess what? I'm going to have an attitude. And, and, no, right. and then I, it's like a free pass. And, but again, I just, just using the example you gave, but that could be for anything. Like, oh, yeah. You have anger issues. That's fine. It's okay to punch a wall. You, you, he has anger issues. Oh, I can punch walls now. <laughs> boom, boom. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. I was I, when you said identify. I was thinking about that too. How mm-hmm. how directly linked identity then becomes a part of like with culture because right. you begin to identify with those. But what is our true identity? You know, we right. don't often find that. And until we, I mean, we've talked about this before when we, um, you know, where we met Jesus. <laughs> You know, or accepted Jesus, and we we can identify that um, we are sons and daughters of of Him. You know, what but about you? What about culture? When you hear culture, what do you think? When I when I think of culture, yeah. Well, right now I think of when um, when I think of culture, I think of it on a like a more broad, more grand scale of like how are we, how can we change culture? Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, what can we change within our homes? Like, how can we? I feel like culture doesn't have to stay, you know, all as one. I don't know. I guess I, guess I think of it like how to just how to change culture and like how to bring it into um, something unified. That's so what I think of. Personally. So when you think culture, you think more of a wider scale. Like you don't think just like race no. or region. You think like globally, like, like, a, global, like a global like, culture. Right. I mean, that's why when I was talking about like change a generation, like how do changing culture as a whole. Like, so how do we do that? Well, how do we do that? And how do we unify culture? Well, how do we, how do we bring, I don't, I know it's kind of, it might seem like it's kind of all, you know. So, um, so it, when you, when you were growing up and what, I guess, what kind of culture did you feel like you have? Like, what, like, what was your, your, your heritage or, you know, like, did that, or did that have any meaning or did it mean anything? I feel like it didn't impact me really the meaning of like culture until I was taken out of my original culture of I grew up in um, all white schools here in in Volusia County Um, and and then so maybe there was one or two you know different even different races like different races um, in general I really didn't know too much more than that so I never really thought about culture really like when I was young or anything like that until I moved to South Florida and was opened up to a wide, like just diversity in in general. To me at the beginning, it was, it was like kind of culture shock, but then it was like, I love this because of basketball really, you Mm -hmm. know, in, in middle school that I just was able, and I went to Lake Worth middle school. So I had a lot of Hispanics as well. So a lot of Haitians, like you said, a lot of Hispanics, a lot of um, just everything. And um, I loved it. So I like, I feel like I, it was, I think that was the best decision that my mom could have ever chosen to do, you know, um, was to go down there. So I didn't really think about it until then. But now I think of culture of more of values and belief systems and things like that than just like ethnicity. Obviously it affects that though, because like what you're saying, that's passed down generation to generation, mm-hmm. you know? So we can we can, we can can internalize and identify with these 
almost um, either good things or bad things about, and they can be either curses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, or, or things that we want to pass down to our children on how can we break those cycles and how can we continue the, the right cycles, you know? So I, I know that you, you know, I know what high school you went to. You went to Palm Beach Lakes High School. So this is a, you know, predominantly black high school that you, that you attended. And then on top of that, you know, you, you became valedictorian and, and you played a little bit of basketball there. So I know that there was a culture that that school, every school has their own culture. Right. So they had a culture, it was a, it was a culture at that school. How, how did you feel being inside of that culture? Um, and were you ever, you know, uh, uh, looked at as an outlier or where you were included and how did you how did you start to identify yourself versus you know your environment right that's a great question and i feel like okay so there were okay so the school itself um yes it did have a <laughs> it did have a overall culture and a pastor to daddy <laughs> We're um had an overall culture, um like you said, it was um I was as a, a white minority. I was actually trained in, not bust in. I was <laughs> I took the tri rail from Boynton Beach, right, right, <laughs> to West Palm Beach, and um which was such an experience in itself because we went to a, I went to a magnet program, so in the teacher academy that was there, um and within so within the whole school you know the it was mostly um black and then the the magnet school was the teacher academy was mostly white um kids oh, within, wow. okay. yeah within the teacher academy there were a couple you know um different races within but so we had the this kind of you know um culture in itself there and then also i went and did like um it just came to my mind there was uh i interned in in the special needs classroom Mm -hmm. So there was like a special needs culture that I felt like I went into sometimes. And then I was also in student government and student government was like all the leaders of kind of, you know, the school. And so that was mixed, like different races, you know, mm -hmm. people, I guess, call it cliques now, but like, it's yeah. really, it's <laughs> your own cultures within the culture, you know? Right, right. So, um, and then basketball, then athletics. So then I was in um, that and that was, I was the only white girl on the basketball team and that was phenomenal. And because I had confidence in playing basketball and I loved it and something about me is that I don't care what anybody thinks <laughs> usually like That's when I have something on my heart, not, not that I don't care what your opinion is or, or yeah. accepting feedback, but I just, if something's on my heart, I'm just going to go do it. So if I really wanted to play basketball, I was going to go play basketball no matter who was out there. <laughs> um, but they, they chose to accept me. It could have went a different way. So I'm very grateful that it didn't. Um, so I'm very thankful to everybody there. But I feel like I was able to adapt into the different cultures. And that also had diversity. If I would have just went into the magnet program and just stayed within the teacher academy, and didn't choose to go into different subsets of whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. then I feel like I wouldn't have got the experience that I would have got. 
So I chose to step outside of my comfort zone <laughs> and, and go in. Um, I forgot kind of what the question, what you <laughs> said, but I feel like it really, I embraced it and, and they embraced me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my attitude that I had made it easier for them as well. My confidence, they were able, I feel like if I went in being like, I don't want to do this or timid and shy, blood in the water. you know, and they probably would have made, you know, maybe they would have made fun or oh, something yeah. like that. They oh, and I, I forgot the other, I forgot the other culture was like, like you said, was the academic culture. So like, then I was on a scale and actually I was, we could have her on, but like, um, you know, as valedictorian and like you said, this isn't to glorify myself or anything, but when we're talking about culture, the salutatorian was also was black and so that was um also very hard in a way I guess to in feeling like other people were putting us on a competition I didn't feel like we were competing but everybody else on the outside like oh there's a white girl on the basketball team they would always yell put the white girl in put the white girl in (laughs) (laughs) you know or in the teacher or if I was in I feel like there was everybody else was choosing to Mm -hmm. look at it from a, a different perspective, but I just, I had my blinders on and I didn't let it affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm just thankful to my mom for allowing, you know, for doing that, for giving me that experience. Yeah. Does that yeah. answer your question? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, you, you, you brought it all in. And I think that, you know, anyone listening, they can hear how you felt being inside of those different subsets i would call them you know so it's just like you adapt the biggest thing is you adapted to each culture because mainly probably because you didn't identify yourself with one culture you know that was that's that's what i heard you know you didn't identify and say well i'm you know a white girl who's jewish so i'm just gonna hang with all the jews jewish people and and even though you're not jewish but i'm just you know giving an example it's just saying that you didn't click up with just one type of, of thing you just say if I'm going to be a part of that then I'm going to see what that's about and see if I want to be a part of it if I'm a part of it then I'm a part of that culture as well you know so I just look like I'm, I'm, I'm able to adapt into any situation I can be thrown into any situation and I think the biggest thing that people should you know hear is the confidence that you walked in into every situation you know every situation that's the biggest thing when you have that confidence and people can see that confidence radiating from you, then it's hard for them to challenge you, it's hard for them to put you down and, and pick on you and those type of things. And because that's kind of similar to how I handle uh, being a dark-skinned, short, black male in these schools, you know, because usually back then when I was growing, it's, it's crazy how we got times where it was light skinned people were in style. We had that thing. What were you saying? It was like, yeah, it's like right now, light skinned men are in style. So that's what women are attracted to. And then there's a, uh, a period I'm like of time. I'm blown where... away by this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really comes from like, from the, from television or from the movie screens. Like whoever oh. big bar right now, I know yeah. growing up it was Shamar Moore and he was like, he's just light skinned with curly hair. So all the girls love him. And so light skin was in style back then. And then I don't know who came out that was darker skin and then dark skin men came in style. So it's really, it's based on, it's Hollywood. It's like Hollywood 
determines yeah. who's in style. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that just shows me though too, like where does our foundation lie? Yep. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like where are we looking to, you know, to find what culture looks like in our lives? So where's mm-hmm. values in our belief systems? Are we getting them from the media and from TV? Mm-hmm. This makes me riled up because I'm like, where, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and how are we, how is, how are we imparting that to our children? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And, um, wow. I've, Thank you for sharing this. Keep going. Sorry. That's oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to keep going back. I want to hear from Jason, too, because I know yeah. Jason has a whole, yeah. you know, different cult, you know, so hey, let, let's let's hear how, how is it? Frame it up for us. <laughs> how much time do we have? <laughs> I'm, I'm many layers. I'm a deep man. Um, first of all, when I hear the word, word culture, I just think of habits and customs, I think of what we do. And I just, I just, my brain, I think it levels. And just like, that's why when she said the word, I, I named region, house, da, 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 cause that's just, my brain just goes, it's almost like in a fraction of a second, I just think of levels. I just think it's just this term that we all understand, but it's so amoebic. It's like a cell. It just keeps, it's, it's not, can't be quantified or defined. But I also think too, and I heard this thing was great. It was great. I was watching, um, this thing on YouTube and there's this guy in New York city and he was standing outside of a Muslim mosque and they were getting out of their worship and he's a Christian and he was like on the microphone. He's being really belligerent. He shouldn't have been doing the way he was doing, but at the same time, uh, an African-American male came up to him. He's from Jamaica and he was really stuck on the features of Jesus. He was really stuck on what he physically Mm -hmm. looked like. He's like, you know, uh, he didn't, he wasn't European. He wasn't this, he wasn't that. And the guy that was preaching, he was, um, he looked actually almost like Middle Eastern to me. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, he wasn't like a white guy and he wasn't like a black guy. He was just like, but like, so the guy that came up to him was black and he was like, he's like, oh, you know, you didn't have this, you had that. And the, he said something so perfect. And, that, and I think this, this applies to culture. He said something so perfect. He says, let me ask you a question. He's like, what color is your spirit? Mm. And he's like, does it matter? So you're going to focus on what somebody painted Jesus's face. You're gonna get cut. You're gonna get. You're gonna be so caught up on what color they chose to paint his skin. What color is your spirit? Like, mm-hmm. and he was like, he's like, you're worried about the worry. Worry about the words. Worry about the man. Worry about his message. He's like, don't let the enemy take something that's so trivial. And like, so like, I look at us and we think culture. Yes, we think race. We think um, region we think house we think all these things but like at the end of the day we're all god's people we're all god's children mm-hmm. and so we should be unified in that culture and that that piggybacks on like the broader scale of things uh for me personally growing up in south florida i grew up in homestead where i grew up you know i was always a minority mm-hmm. my whole life until i left home at 21 which i'll get there in a second it's almost like the opposite of what she went through because when I grew up in Homestead, it was like an equal balance through a thirds. It was like Mexican, white, and black. There's like three predominant races that I went to elementary school with. Because it was a Homestead when I was growing up was a farming agricultural. It was farmlands. It would grow avocados. We'd grow strawberries. They grow beans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a there's a, there a huge Latin influence, and predominantly it was Mexican. But there were Puerto Ricans, especially Cubans, uh, mixed in as well. And so some of all my friends. I mean, I had like maybe my cousin and like two white friends 
everybody else was something else like Dominican right. <laughs> or Haitian or like like so like for me it was normal you know and for me it was just and they accepted me I accepted them and it was like it was race racism was never a thing um and it's funny and, and it's so like going up then I went to middle school in Redlands in the Redlands same thing you know it was like I'd say equal you know Hispanic black white I'd say probably one or two white was probably like the lesser but like but it was pretty equal numbers my high school went to Miami Southridge and Cutler Ridge my school was in the middle of the projects it was literally a landfill that they cleared out built my high school in the middle of low-income housing projects and so like we were right in the middle of the hood and my dad started working there when I was about three so my whole elementary school career, my whole middle school career, I was, I spent my nights at Southridge. I spent my teacher work days at Southridge. I spent, you know, my dad was the athletic director. So like he was always at the basketball games and the soccer games and the baseball games and the football games. So I was with all these parents and all these kids. And so like I was my whole life, I was just, I was just immersed in culture. Um, Dominican, Haitian, Puerto Rican, everything was just this melting pot. And it's just like, just like you, the food, the music, the mm -hmm. style, the language. Like I, I couldn't, I, I've lost more Spanish living up here than I have, you know, but when I was down there, I couldn't have full conversation in Spanish, but I could hear somebody having a conversation and I could grab phrases and words and put stuff together. And it was just this great thing. I left home at 21 and I moved to Gainesville. White people, USA. Like, I went, like, it was a culture shock. It was, I literally, and this is not me trying to sound cool or trying to identify. This is God's honest truth. Like when I got to Gainesville, I went to culture shock because there was just so many white people. And, and, and the crazy thing is, especially the heavy, heavy Latin influence. Because in my high school, the white, we were 11%. My high school was 11%. Wow. And so it was like every class picture, all my, I, was, I was amongst black people and Spanish people. That's so like with that Latin influence, whenever I meet a girl, she's a complete stranger. Oh, I'm blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm Jason. Like, mm, we kiss on the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how they shake hands. When I got to Gainesville, I felt like some sort of predator because like, it was like, I'm serious. The girls were freaked out by it. They were like, oh, it's like, oh, it's, 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 oh hey, Jason, this is, my, this is my girlfriend, Brittany. I'm like, hey, Brittany. And the they back up and it was like i was like oh i'm sorry let me shake your hand you know <laughs> and then like when i went to Publix, and the guy was like you want paper or plastic i looked at him because i'm like oh he didn't say that in spanish you know what i mean like it was like it was weird for me like little things <laughs> and um so i had like a reverse culture shock and then so when i got there it took me actually it took me a couple months to really get to grips with it and then like it's funny too so i started taking classes at santa fe I would find myself seeking out the black community, the Spanish community, because there were so few and they were the people that I most identified with. Right. Right. Because even though our skins were different color, we were all part like our culture. We were all like our, we came from, you know, middle-class families, divorced. My parents were divorced. Most kids' parents were like, or some were married, but like parents who worked, parents who didn't have a ton of money but had enough to get by you know we were all somewhat educated so it was like we all had like to me like that culture we had more I had more in common with them because up in Gainesville there's a lot of 
people that come from money. And so it's like, you know, I didn't identify with that. Like, not that I was poor, like my parents provided, I had clothes, I had everything I asked for, everything I needed. But at the same time, I didn't understand big houses and all that. Mm-hmm. And so like, so for me, you know, I just, I just, it was the opposite. And, and um, you know, and that's one thing living up here, like I love Daytona and I don't want to leave. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I'm kind of bummed a little bit that, you know, our kids aren't going to be able to, I mean, you know, have that same experience because just to piggyback on what she was saying and I feel like growing up in that environment helped mold me into becoming an adaptable person like I can be in a room with anybody right anybody right and I, and I and you put me in a room full of strangers and if I'm not friends with all of them by the end of that meeting there's something wrong with one of them <laughs> There's something they gotta. There's something they gotta pray to God about. That's why we're together. I worked on you, baby. I went down. She wanted nothing to do with me. Talk about you. Talk about different cultures as far as when we before we got down. It's a whole different story. But um, but um, but anyway, like I was just reminded of when we were talking about this, and I feel like this applies. You know, I was looking at the Bible, talking about culture, and in that part in Mark three, when Jesus was praying with the people, and he's surrounded by all the people. And someone's like, hey, Jesus, your mom and your dad, your brothers and your dad, they're outside. And he's like, brothers and your brothers and mother are outside looking for you. He's like, he's looking around. It says in Mark 3, 33, and he says, but he answered them saying, who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around him in a circle at those who sat about, about him. And he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my mother and my sister, my brother and my sister and my mother, pardon me. And I feel like that's what it's about, man. Like if we're cooked, if we're co-laboring, produce fruit here on earth right. to glorify God, then you are my brother. You mm-hmm. are my sister. Mm-hmm. What your name is, what your skin color is, what your favorite color is, you know, what kind of music you listen to, what kind of clothes you wear, how much money is in your bank account. Right. None of that matters. None of that matters because guess what? It, it don't come with us. Right. It doesn't come with us. You know what I mean? It's like... When we get up there and we look Jesus in his eye and he's advocating for us to the father, they're going to look at the fruit of our life. They're going to look at what we've done. And and God made us relational people. We're not supposed to do this alone. And I feel like that's where we're going when when that man said on the street corner is like, what color is your spirit? Because at the end of the day, if if God, if God wills it and we, and and the human race exists for another 10 million years, Mm -hmm. eventually, physically in the natural mm-hmm. we're all going to blend yeah there's not going to be there's not going to be black and white and brown and yellow it's, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. we're going to be one culture one race one color and and, and then then what are people going to look at you know what i mean so it's like if we're looking in the natural we're trying to pick each other apart light skin dark skin good hair bad hair you know um socioeconomic status right just... for white people it's like me you know, are you a ginger are you you know are you tall are you short yeah you, you know whatever <laughs> But it's like, um, like none of that's going to matter. And it's like, it's so people can get past that. And I feel like that's what we've been as a society, as, as a culture in America for the past 200 years, 300 years. It's like, are we going to get past that and start working together, co-laboring together, honoring God and, and just helping our brothers and sisters in, in Christ? And just, you know, that that's what he wants. And that's what yeah. we should be doing. And um I believe our experiences shape us, our, our pasts influence us and give us lessons. 
but it's up to us to take those lessons and apply them and ask how, sorry, ask what God is showing us in those seasons. Like, and, and what God, not why did you put me through that, but it's like, what were you trying to show me there? And what should I be doing with that information? And, um, and what can I do to help somebody else? You know, and I feel like that's the culture we need to start bringing to the table. That's the culture that we should start setting the tone for is how, how are we supposed to work together and co-labor together? And um, yeah. And that concludes the first half of our culture conversation. Please join us for the second half where the Wingates and the Burnsides discuss how culture influenced their dating lives and how they chose their spouses. Thank you. God bless. <laughs>